Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to The Accelerator with Michael Conniff. That's me. I'll be your host today on a podcast devoted to entrepreneurs, startup founders, and the family offices and investment firms, VCs, and angels who follow them. Today, we are happy to welcome to the podcast uh, both uh, Michael Majid and uh, Saskia, Saskia Weber, who are the co-founders of uh, the Union Sports Community. And uh, welcome to you both. Great to have you here. Oh, it's great to be here. Yeah, I'm excited about this, Michael. I mean, usually for the most times, I'm the one doing all these <laughs> intros because we have a goalkeeper podcast called Inside the 18. And uh, it's nice for somebody else to have to do all the heavy lifting. And I can just sit here yeah. and just wait for somebody to say something. It's amazing. I don't know, you know if you know uh, what to do with yourself hosting. right now, Mike. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, um, I, I don't know if either of you did radio. And, and Saskia is a, a famous color commentator on the um, uh, the women's soccer league. What's the official title of the soccer league? Um, um, NWSL. So I do. NWSL. Yeah. So I'm an analyst. Mm -hmm. And where I'm are an you analyst for CBS team? and Paramount. Um, I'm on all of them. So I'm C uh, analyst for CBS sports um, Paramount plus. So I do all the teams. I also do Bally sports West just for um, just for Angel City. Oh, that's great. And and I want to um, point out, and, and just to set this up, so the union is a sports um, fan community that is aimed initially, though not permanently, at goalkeepers, um, particularly uh, really soccer goalkeepers, right? Um, and um, this podcast, uh, I am very proud to say um, to be in this company because this is a podcast of three goalkeepers. Now, you have a goalkeeping <laughs> podcast. That's no big deal for you. But for me, that's a pretty big deal. Now, Mike, Michael, why don't we start with you? Tell us tell us your background as a goalkeeper and as a coach, because you both have very distinguished backgrounds. Oh, man. Well, you know what? It's, it's, it's always fascinating when someone says something like, you have such a distinguished background when you're sitting here with a World Cup winner and a gold medalist. <laughs> And you go, like, hey, I don't know, but were they man of the match in a men's seven decide <laughs> last week? You just stepped on my line, you know, I was going to then, and now we have, you know, but yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, look, uh, Michael, first off, you know, I, I think it is exciting, obviously having the entire goalkeeper union here, um, showcasing the fact that us goalkeepers do other things outside of keep the ball out of the net, uh, which is uh, start uh, companies because uh, who better to start a company than uh, the people that basically have to organize the other team uh, to do everything for them. Uh, that's what we do. We just uh, tell them to move left, move right, push up, push back, and then every once in a while a ball comes through to us. Um, mm -hmm. My background comes uh, in a lot of different ways. Uh, my goalkeeping background came because uh, I wanted to play college basketball, and I got to the uh, <laughs> outstanding height of five foot eight and a quarter uh, my senior in high school. And uh, the only offers for me to play college basketball was to uh, possibly walk on a Division three school, which is still pretty incredible at, at, at my height. Uh, but despite uh, the fact that, uh, that, that I was five foot eight and a quarter, people in goalkeeping were like, hey, you know what? The average height of a goalkeeper is six foot two as opposed to six foot seven. Maybe you can do this instead. And even this will be challenging for you. So I chose to try to play college soccer, um, reasonably successful at that. Um, then attempted to play uh, professionally, not at the level of Suskia, uh, but I, what I did is I spent a lot of time cheering on benches of minor league soccer teams in the United States. 
which basically meant that my family would come to the game, they would watch the warm-ups, and then they would leave once the national anthem would play. Because, oh, you know, well. you don't need to sit there and watch me for two hours clap on a bench. But you've done a lot of coaching, right? I have. I've done, I've done coaching for 20 years. Uh, I've been involved in that. Uh, at the Olympic development level, I was regional staff there. I helped out with the U.S. Youth National Teams. I uh, was involved in the U.S. Development Academy from the very beginning. Uh, helped um, Claudio Reyna with his inner city program in Newark, New Jersey for a minute. Uh, so, yeah, I, I've been reasonably involved in that. And then I started my own uh, goalkeeping academy uh, here in Southern California in about 2016, 2014. I don't know. Those the mid twenty tens just kind of all blend together. Is that still going? Around is that, that still uh, is that still going? The, the academy. The, uh, yeah, academy is a loose term for it now. Um, I do do some sessions. Uh, so sure, if I'm the academy, absolutely. Um, uh, <laughs> and all joking aside, honestly, Michael, we did just hire some people in Orange County. So if you're in the Orange County area and you're looking yep. for some training, I uh, just hired a, a great coach by the name of Mike Bygarten. Uh, who um, is, was also pr- pursuing a professional career for a minute, and uh, now he's the assistant coach at Chapman University. So uh, some options out there. Um, yeah, now I want you to introduce your partner. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Well, with, with, me, with me right now uh, on the Accelerator podcast, we have 99 World Cup winner, NWSL, CBS, Paramount Plus analyst, Suskia Weber uh, joining us with Michael Conniff. Suskia, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm just sitting back right now. <laughs> like, uh, no, thanks so much. It's like, so a little bit about my background, although you kind of all laid it out there, but um, Rutgers University, All-American, Hall of Famer, um, uh, played for wow. the United States, played for the United States for 10 years, um, played pro in Japan, um, helped start the WSA, which was the first women's pro league here. Um, in the early 2000s uh, with my na- U.S. national team, Olympic gold medalists. And then um, I was on the iconic 1999 team that won the yep. World Cup here in, in the Rose Bowl. Um, so, you know, went on to coach uh, a little bit like Mike. I was just do- out here in Southern California. I was just doing um, privates and stuff. And then it's just like me to do go from – little thing to the biggest. So then I went on to coach UCLA, um, their goalkeepers for two years. And after that, I got um, swooped up uh, to do um, broadcasting for CBS, um, for Bally Sports West, like I said, and for um, Paramount Plus, um, as well as I'm one of the owners of um, one of the 120, but I'm one of the owners of Angel City FC. Oh, great. So you're an owner, a broadcaster, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, an Olympian, and a World Cup winner, and you're stuck with Mike is what you're saying, basically. Michael, to be fair, Michael, to be fair, Michael, was she the co-creator of a sketch series on Amazon Prime that only lasted six episodes in 2018? <laughs> Not everyone can have that series, title. But... <laughs> What I was, just, I'm a fangirl of Michael. <laughs> what, was that what was that called, Michael? It's called Highland Parking, and it's still available on Amazon Prime. Uh, this if is you'd like, like a commercial really, for Michael. If you go deep into the search, guys, all you have to do is just go to michaelmagidcomedy.com. Oh, my God. Or at Michael is... Magid on all social medias. You can find all my content that has Good. nothing to do with so soccer. In, um, in the interest of plugging comedians, uh, my, um, by far my biggest... <laughs> Claim to fame is I have a brother who's a comedian. 
pretty well known. Frank Conniff was uh, a big part of Mystery Science Theater 3000, which was a cult. Oh my God, I love that show. Yeah. On, yeah, he was a, he's I an love actor. That show. He's on almost every episode. He wrote a lot of the jokes. He picked a lot of the movies and a lot of the sensibility is, is his. And he's still kind of doing that. Is he the guy sitting ripping. there? <laughs> he is Frank with Frank uh, White Hair. TV, he's called TV's Frank, and he played a mad scientist at the beginning of each episode. I love it. So that's my little brother, Frank, it. who's, who's mm -hmm. 70,000 followers on Twitter. So, uh, um, are, are, and he's Michael, are you originally from Minnesota? Are you originally from Minnesota? No, but he, he, um, he probably wouldn't mind me telling you that he went to um, rehab in Minnesota. And then, and then <laughs> fell into the comics in Minnesota, this comedy scene. And then this show was on a UHF station in Minnesota, in Minneapolis. Yeah. And that's yeah. how we, that's how it got started. It was kind of a really fortuitous uh, uh, chain of events. So anyway, enough about me um, and him. Um, let's talk about your company. In, in a nuts, nutshell, Michael, tell us what you do and what you hope to become. So essentially the union is a place for youth athletes to engage with pro players and pro coaches away from the vitriol of social media in a quality, safe space. Um, as we all know, social media is a little toxic when it comes to youth athletes out there. And we were also noticing that a lot of the conversations and engagement that was taking place on social media with quote unquote professionals wasn't actually very productive. Um, a lot of it was either talking down to athletes in like webinar, Instagram live type scenarios, um, or, you know, it was a lot of trolling by other members of the so-and-so community. So we thought there had to be a better way. So we started this. Um, we've got breakdown sessions with top athletes, original content from top players and coaches, and uh, an engagement forum, which is free for anybody to come on board and share their content and get constructive criticism, as Susky always likes to say. <laughs> and then so there's a um, – uh, what is your website address? Uh, it's theunionsports.com. Theunionsports.com, and you have an app as well? We do. We do. We're available on Apple and Google Play stores. Basically, anywhere uh, that you can get uh, any sort of application, uh, you can get it. And I'm pretty sure that uh, Apple and Google rule the world, both of them together. So I'm pretty <laughs> sure what you have one of those devices, I'm assuming. Um, and, and but uh, Sasuke, no, honestly. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, Saskia, uh, what do you hope this will become, this company? You know, we started this off uh, because there's there's something missing out there for niche positions in sports. And, you know, we, the thought process at first, when we were putting it together, what based off goalkeepers was, you know, if you know goalkeeping or soccer out there, it, it's goalkeepers are known as the goalkeeper union, but we didn't want to go small and said, we wanted to go big. We said, you know, there's a place for this for all um, positions in all sports. So football quarterbacks, baseball pitchers, kickers, hockey goalkeepers, and so, you know, that's the big picture and that's where we want to go with it. We started with goalkeeping um, as the beta because obviously that's what we know best. Um, and we wanted to kind of like run, the, you know, test the markets, you know, listen to um, friends and family and our, our followers that we have now to see how do we make this the best that we can. And I think we're, we've definitely gotten there um, with the engagement forum with the coaches, the quality of coaches that we have on the site and the content that they put up and the fact that the, the that 
it is a back and forth and um, and giving that kid in the middle of Idaho somewhere that doesn't have access on a daily basis to a quality coach that can ask the questions of some of the best coaches around the world. Plus, you know, we're in 12 different languages. So it's, you know, the sky's the limit in my opinion. I mean, well, like I Michael, one of the group. Cool. Yeah, go ahead. Michael. Go ahead, Michael. I was just going to say, you know, in, in regards to what Suskia was saying right there in regards to, you know, quality, you know, engagement, despite, you know, resources, you know, there's a big, especially in the United States, there's a big gap between those that have the resources to have, you know, $150, $200 an hour private sessions and those that, you know, are lucky to get a high school coach in the area to work with them. And, and we really mm -hmm. wanted to break that. I've been just looking on the engagement form and we just recently had people sign up in Ethiopia and Belarus and all these other places uh, where, you know, I, I, I don't want to just, you know, just assume chances are Siskiya can't probably do a private session in Belarus or Ethiopia <laughs> anytime soon, but they can get access to her on the union platform. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I wanted to ask, I wanted to drill down into that a little bit, Saskia, and it, and it has to do with, I'm thinking of your career. So you're, you're an All-American at Rutgers. Um, mm -hmm. And um, um, uh, did you have a goalkeeping coach in college? Did you have? I, were... I did, which was very rare. And um, um, That's, that was my question is like, it, was it, it made rare? a big yeah. It was rare and it made a big difference. I mean, I ended up women winning the Herman Award as well. Um, back then when they what, actually what is, gave one to go. The Herman is like um, the Heisman for, but oh, for soccer wow. in college. How and tall so are back, you? I have to ask how, how tall you are. I'm 5'9". Of course, on my national team thing, it says 5'10", but it's not true. <laughs> I'm 5'9". Like, so I was Michael, a good, good size. I was a good height, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. And um, and so I had um, a goalkeeper coach and actually uh, who still to this day is one of my like dear, dear friends, Paul Blodgett, but also Tim Moqueen. And they've gone on to be huge goalkeeper coaches. I used to train with them and the men's goalkeepers at Rutgers. As, um, and so that really melded my career. Without them, I don't think I'd be where I was. I don't think I'd have the career. And, you know having that one-on-one -on -one and having that direct coaching made a world of difference for, for the position and for me. And then Tony DiCicco, who became head coach of, uh, he was the head coach in 99, wasn't he? Do I have that? He right? was a head coach in 99. Yep. He was my he, goalkeeper he was coach. Goalkeeper. Yeah. He was mm -hmm. a goalkeeper coach. Yeah. The, he was the, the my goalkeeper coach. Tony DiCicco. Yeah. Yes. He was my goalkeeper coach for my entire national team career. So when I first came onto the national team in 92, um, he was the goalkeeper coach for the national team. And then he took over the reins as the head coach um, and still was our goalkeeper coach um, until I retired from international play. So um, it was what you, a privilege. Yeah, I have to ask you because I actually knew Tony DiCicco. I had a, I think I've told you I had a sports company and we actually spent a day with, a, with, with you. I didn't know you then, but at, with, the, with the team, <laughs> yeah. Um, but but um, what what did Tony teach you? What do you what did you what was oh the lasting gosh. lesson? Not not not. I mean, sort of not about life, but really about goalkeeping. <laughs> what did he teach you about goalkeeping? So many of the techniques that I use in in my coaching and even in my analysis are from t from Tony and from Paul and from Tim. I, I think that you know I, I'm a really technical. Um, 
an analyst and um, I see things and I blow Mike's mind away, I think. And that's how Tony taught me. Um, and it was, it was really breaking down my movements, breaking down my positioning as well as, uh, as well as looking at not just it in a, a, like a just goalkeeping thing, but really how to organize the entire team, how to watch and prevent breakdowns before they even happen. I mean, we could talk about this for like an hour, two hours, like, yeah. Where to position, I call them my ch the chess pieces that are in front of you so that, you know, if there's a ball that's turned over, my those chess pieces are already in place and we win the ball back easily. So the, the key yeah. thing here is the best save I could make was no save at all. And that was the theme, right. that was a philosophy that I was was instilled in me with Tony. And um, and, you know, you said maybe not about life, but it was about life because he was a very big advocate of that. I had to be. To be the best I could be, I had to be solid in all my other aspects in life. And so that was uh -huh. my personal. Sure. And that was at, when I wasn't at practice, like, was I taking time to go do other things, other sports and everything? And so I've taken that looked, through my entire career. He looked, he looked after you. Michael, did, did, um, where, how many goal, I was kind of amazed at this. Tell us how many goalkeepers there are in the world. Uh, there are 26 million goalkeepers in the world. And how many insane, in the U.S.? If you think about it. Yeah. How many that I don't know. I, I, I got uh, a D in math my junior in high school. But it just goes to show you, because we're in a global economy, um, Ethiopia, Belarus, um, Orange County, because of that, we there are you know big numbers in almost anything you do these days. So what where do you stand in terms of traction with your company what where are you now in terms of users and and kind of where are you in in, in the various seed seed stages and pre-seed stages well you know first off you know michael i think one of the things that a lot of people need to un understand about niche communities is that they are massive and if you can get a a large enough percentage of that tam that total addressable market of that niche community You've got a really healthy business. Uh, for instance, goalkeeping worldwide in 2023 is supposed to bring in 2.7 billion in revenue. That's 2.7 billion in revenue for a position that, that most equipment or how do you how do you quantify that? Where how do you how do you measure that? Equipment, camps, clinics, coaching, all those sorts of activities that they'd all okay. kind of get encompassed right there. Um, so in regards to like where we are right now, we're in a test market phase. We're on a 90-day roadmap to launch. We're publicly launching at the end of July at the world's biggest soccer goalkeeper camp called Camp Shutout, where we're actually building a sub-community for Camp Shutout that's geo-fenced just for the event. So the people who are at the event are going to have a special app within an app just for them right there. Um, we have about 2,000 members in the community right now. And again, this is just the test market, friends and family. Um, and uh, it's, it's been very positive so far, very positive so far. Um, with our podcast, with our social media presence, we have about a reach of 300,000 people through all okay, those so different... Okay, so I want to just stop you there because I, I think this is a little bit unusual um, and maybe it won't be moving forward, but... So you've, you've got, you know, you've got a bit of a pilot, an, an early group going on your platform, but you're actually quite robust um, on existing channels. So what do you, let's go through them. What do you have on YouTube and what do you try to accomplish? So uh, the YouTube channels that we are streamed on, uh, the total would probably be about 110,000 subscribers or so. 
on the YouTube channels that that uh, that we're partnered mm -hmm. with uh, on an Instagram. And what's that called? With so the people can, can find that. So I'm we're sorry, streamed live. We're, we're streamed live in a partnership with a YouTube, a very big YouTube channel called Pro GK Academy. Okay. So that's uh, that's where people GK can find Academy, it. Yeah. Pro GK yeah. Academy. Yes. Um, we also yeah. have our own our own channel where a lot of the shows are libraried and archived called in, Inside the 18 as well too. Um, again, with the Instagram, we have the Union Goalkeeping, which has about 30,000, 37,000 subscribers on it. And then Pro GK Academy, which we're partnered with as well, has about 154,000. And, uh, and then the little podcast channel has about 3,500. So That's pretty good. That's, yeah, yeah that's, that's yeah, not too bad. And um, so what what happens in the next um, 12 months, um, Saskia? What, what's the what's the path that you see? What's the roadmap? Well, with the rollout in July, you know, um, and it's getting, you know, the word out there to such a large group of people through through the camp and everything, but also just, you know, proving the platform in a public space, um, kind, trying to get transfer the people that are you know, on the Instagrams and everything to, to kind of migrate over to the union and realizing it's worth there. Um, and then within the next year, once um, this is like its own kind of ship and it's working and it's working well is to then launch our next uh, niche community. Yeah. You know, and Michael, one of the things who, that we want, Michael, who's the next niche? Oh boy, I don't know, Michael. Uh, the next niche uh, depends on who reaches out to us and says, "Hey, you know what? We're uh, we're really excited about uh, you guys doing this next niche community." We've got some different ideas, and uh, we're right now developing some relationships with some different people that have either crossover mm -hmm. uh, in the world that we're in right now, or outside of the world that that are interested. But um, but right now, we really want to make sure that we have that healthy first community. Our our goal is ten percent of the TAM of our 300,000 subscribers right now on social media migrating over by July of 24. If we can get that, we feel that that's a healthy enough template that then we can scale to that next community. Well, yeah, I would sort of make a what's probably a pretty obvious observation that um, there is, uh, you know, there's a lot to be, lots to be learned from going small. Um, you know, I see companies every day who want to go big right at the beginning, like all female athletes, you know, as an example. Right. And it's just a very hard thing to pull off. Whereas doing I think what you're doing makes makes a lot of sense. And to to um, to extrapolate, if I could <clears throat> and if I might, it seems like if you start with goalkeeping, well, of course, there are other goalies in other sports. So that's sort of an obvious one. But it seems like any. I'll call them specialty positions, right? Pitching, mm -hmm. um, uh, and of course lacrosse goalies. Let's not forget them. But but you know, pitching, kicking, uh, in football, um, anything that is kind of a, um, a special a specialty kind of kind of skill. <clears throat> I say that as someone who can actually snap a football um, and, <laughs> and hold a. In place, I was a placeholder in high school, but I knew how to snap the football because I had been a ball boy for the New York Jets, and I learned it um, way back when. But but it seems like these these are things that um, you know the, the the wave you're riding is that 
parents seem willing to spend just about anything on their kids in sports. Is that what you're hoping to make pay off? Yes and no. Are willing to spend anything on their kids and spending intelligently on their kids is a very different story. There's a lot of people out there who are overspending for not the quality that they should be getting. And we want to make... We want to make this platform cost effective for everybody so that if you're in the 1%, there's all these opportunities for you on the platform. But if you're not in the 1%, there's also opportunities for you to get the best bang for your buck so-and-so. So we're going to have a freemium model where everybody can join the forum. It doesn't matter whether you have access to $5 a month or not. Everyone can join that forum and start engaging. We'll have a la carte offerings if you can't pay for a premium subscription, a monthly subscription. Um, Mm -hmm. We'll also have that monthly subscription where you get things such as access to top coaches for these breakdown sessions, original content. Mm -hmm. Michael, one of the great things is I've already been having conversations with a lot of top athletes and coaches, and they are willing to migrate their communities over to be exclusive just on the union as opposed to on social media because Mm – they're not getting seen on social media. Mm-hmm. They're not being seen by the right people. And they're also not being fairly compensated for their work on social media. Meanwhile, people who don't provide quality are. And it's yeah. very upsetting. It's very upsetting. And we want to make we want to flip that script. Yeah, I think that to go back really quick for a second is that the, the change that we've seen in sports across the board is that, you know, you're playing like gone are the days where you're playing. I played soccer. I played lacrosse. I played this. Now you see kids that are committed to playing, let's say it's soccer or football all year round. And so now what you're getting with that is now there is more of a focus on you're going to be a goalkeeper from the start. And this is like your, your road. It's not like, you know, you're playing all over the field and okay, I'll throw you in goal. I mean, maybe when you're young and stuff. And so now we're seeing that market open up for, I don't want just a soccer coach. I need a specific coach for this position that my child is playing, whether that's a quarterback. And like I said, a pitching coach, you're not just all encompassing. I have a baseball coach. I have a specific pitching coach, a hitting coach. And so, and so that is where that market and that niche market is really exploding and nobody else is doing this, to be honest with you. And, and I think we're kind of on the front foot and the, the forefront of this. And, and, and by know, the way, Michael, right. I, yeah, go ahead. I, I just wanted to say, you know, that I think that for any parent, young, you know, parents that are listening out there, I think there's a big difference between education, coaching and training. I think mm. there are parents that are overpaying in training for the same thing over and over again. I can't tell you how many parents reach out to me for lessons, quote unquote, for, for their young goalkeepers. And they're like, yeah, but well, you know, he's got to fit it in, in between, you know, three sessions with the goalkeeper coach at the club and he's got his team sessions and blah, blah, blah. And I said, so why, why do you want, he's like, oh, he needs more training. He says, are you sure he needs more training or he needs different types of coaching? Right. What can I provide a value? Maybe doing a, an analysis session with me is going to be more beneficial for you spending your money on that than him going through cones again if he's already doing that at his club. Yeah. yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm not, this is kind of a pet peeve of mine, and I'm going to veer off, uh, um, <laughs> you know, I'm going to veer off the accelerator a little bit because um, it breaks my heart that kids only play one sport. Oh, it me absolutely too. breaks my heart. Um, when, when, when I, you know, I was, a, you know, I'm a baby boomer. It was a different thing, but um, you know, we played a different sport every season and mm-hmm. I ended up playing 
high school, I ended up playing um, football, soccer, basketball, lacrosse, and tennis, all in high school. And, and I lettered in four sports. Um, it was a small school. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not taking a lot of credit <laughs> for that. But, but basically, more to the point, there, well, there may be two points. One point is that it was fun. It was fun. It was like, it was great. You know, you'd be better at one thing than something else. You know, you know, you might've been, I love basketball. I wasn't as good as it at it as other things, but, but, um, and by the way, I played goalkeeper and um, center back in high school. Right. So it's yeah. like, Oh, I was a I center forward and a goalkeeper. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, so I think there's something um, really lost the other practical matter, um, which I'd love you both to, to comment on in, a, in the few minutes we have left. The other practical matter is you learn so much from other sports about how to play the next sport. You know, mm-hmm. um, you'll hear every, anytime anyone talks about the basketball player, Hakeem Olajuwon, um, they'll say, oh, well, you know, he was he has great footwork because he was a soccer player. You know, you hear that over and over. Mm-hmm. And it's there's a lot of truth to that. You know, you kind of you can take something from one sport into another. But um, I want to I want to give you both the last word on um, why why goalkeepers are special and what they have in common, having having sort of railed against specialization for a minute. What what is it about goalkeeper? What do we have in common? We goalkeepers. I think, well, the one thing that, that the notion goalkeepers are crazy is hilarious to me and stuff like that, because honestly, like if you want me to get se- really serious on you right now, it takes such a strong character and a strong individual to play a, play a position right. like goalkeeper. You're an individual on a team sport. Um, 90, like 75% to 90% of the time you're, you're the goat or you're, you know, there's nobody behind you to save the ball. So you're the last line of defense and to deal with that emotionally as a child, um, teenager, ain't even as a pro, that's a lot. And it takes a strong character to be able to do that and come back and keep doing it day in and day out. Um, and you know, so it's not that we're crazy, maybe very thoughtful (laughs) and everything, but you're also automatically a leader and a captain on the field, whether you wear the armband or not. And you learn so many life skills from it to, to organize, to be a team player, to, to, you know, to forge relationships and, and that's, that's incredible. And that's a lot of niche positions are that when you look at a quarterback in football, you look at a a pitcher in baseball, you know, it, it takes a different type of person to be able to handle that pressure. Yeah. Well, that was well said. What do you think, Michael? (laughs) I, I think we're insane. No, um, totally <laughs> I mean, no I think, I think, I think the thing in regards to why they say that goalkeepers are crazy is because a lot of goalkeepers think differently. Uh, founders think differently. Anybody who's an entrepreneur who thinks yeah. about starting a company or, uh, or taking an existing product and, and adjusting the narrative on it, you know, is considered crazy. You know, there's a lot of people out there who, who started projects that people said like, you know, uh, I don't know, Uber who said that this is insane. Who would, why would people want to get in the car with some stranger they didn't even know or anything like that? Despite the fact that they did that with a taxi all the time. So, you know, I think, I think what makes a goalkeeper special is a, a lot of things about us is that, we're people that are individuals that are willing to take risks that a lot of other people are not willing to do. The majority of young goalkeepers that step in there is because nobody else on the team wants to do that. Yet for some reason I'm wired in which I want that responsibility. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it's risk. And and it is bizarre. Just like fun. 
just like just like founders, you know, most people you talk to are not going to understand what you're going through. Most people on your team are not going to understand what you're going through. And you have to be Michael, comfortable you, with that. You, you are a natural born host. You just brought me right around to the, uh, to, to a nice <laughs> wrapping. You put, a, you put a nice bow on this podcast. Um, I want to remind our audience, you've been listening to the accelerator with Michael Conniff for startups, founders, entrepreneurs, and the family offices, uh, VCs, angels, and investment firms that, um, some would say prey on them. I would never say that. Help them. That's what they do. They help them. And um, want to remind you, you can go to my website, Michael Conniff at michaelconniff.com. We're about to start a sub stack. So keep that your eye on that one. We have a companion podca podcast called The Angel. So now we're The Angel and The Accelerator. And um, we're on all the major platforms, including Spotify and YouTube for audio and video, but we're on Apple, Amazon, Audible, and about eight others. So you can pretty much find us anywhere. Um, I want to thank you so much for listening, and I want to thank our guests, uh, Michael Majid and Saskia Weber, the two founders of the Union Sports Community. Thanks for being with us today. Really appreciate it. Absolutely, man. This is this has been a blast. It's it's, it's nice yeah, to be able to take a back seat for a minute. I think it's definitely the most fun podcast I've done uh, since I started podcasting. So thank you awesome. for that. Um, and I, as I like to tell our audience, um, keep looking, keep watching for us uh, because we'll be back with another podcast before you know it.